This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and get in, people. Get in <laughs> here. What just happened? Uh, this is this is a post react. Clearly, because remember when we did that whole thing about emotions in post-react where you're like, hey, this is the time we're going to be crazy. We're going to probably be a little bit too hyped up on the game. And I am hyped on the game now because we went to Atlanta and we hyped them all the way home. They were already home. That doesn't really make sense. Here to not make sense with me is Josh. Hello, Josh. Hey, Logan. It is a good night. That is for sure. Uh, I'm genuinely stunned and i'm yes. genuinely stunned not just by the result but by how dominant charlotte looked and there were there were times i mean you know there's anyone who watched that game will point to three or four times that uh atlanta got in on us and had chances but atlanta was always going to get in and have chances the question mm. was going to be whether or not we found a way to go create our own we did that we murdered those chances. Kamu Yushwiak had that whole team's number. Uh, I think that just for the sake of comedy today, maybe we do two cards. We do one card apiece, and we do each do two crowns. Does that sound fair to you? Sounds good to me. Um, we're, I'm going <laughs> to do my best to sort of rein it in and like try to keep on script. So, Josh, I'm going to ask you a big favor. Mm-hmm. If I have started rambling into silly land, you're going to have to tell me for this one because I am not I'm up. Is Sounds the right good. Way to say. OK, um, I think traditionally I have let you decide whether or not we're going to do crowns or cards first. And I think I'm going to throw that out the window because I want us to do cards. And here's going to be my reason why. I want our cards to be silly cards. I want our cards (laughs) to be like, let's take the piss out of Atlanta. And I mean, maybe if we want to talk, there there are maybe one or two things. Nathan Byrne had a rough day today. But uh, but I I think I'm going to take the piss out of Atlanta. Um, My card is going to be for uh, Tiago Almada, (laughs) who I think was terrible in this match. I think he may have successfully passed the ball twice in the entire match and they were both to charlotte fc players absolutely fantastic move by him to help restart charlotte fc's season uh i i think that he's either a traitor to atlanta or has just given up on football entirely and uh so for his performance maybe i should have crowned him for us no i'm gonna (laughs) card him because i i don't i don't even want to acknowledge that an atlanta player did good here (laughs) to in in reality, that is a that is a damn good footballer. <laughs> yeah. And he got no joy today. None. And I'm sure that we're going to talk extensively about how that happened in the, the tactical one. But here's a, you know, since one of your teammates already got a red card, uh, here's here's a card for you as well, Tiago Almada. Josh, you want to do you want to give us a, a quasi real card or do you want to also take the piss out of Atlanta? Um, well, you stole my take the piss out because I, I it was gonna have to be uh, it was gonna have to be Almada. I think um, there's other people you can take the piss out of. <laughs> for example, you could take the piss out of uh, the Atlanta coach for wearing a trench coat <laughs> when it's hot outside. So I was actually going to go with uh, Barry 
up top who um <laughs> i believe terrible. he was terrible he people forget how bad he was against us the first game as well he did nothing i believe atlanta fans are sick of him he was n- the most non-existent i think you can be as a player he did not impact that game at all i cannot tell you a single time that he did anything except for his one little tap back to wiley who sent it high over the bar aside from that you could have said he was playing you could have said he wasn't playing and i wouldn't have known the difference you know what's funny is if it wasn't for the comical moments that he gave us i feel like you could have said the same about caleb wiley um who i think we uh, another player we managed to really hold off uh i think i think two cards there is is fair i think the fact that they both go to atlanta is also fair i i am sure that there's someone out there crying out for the fact that we lost control of this game later on and we let one go in and you who know what cares? all that all that stuff is true but who cares we just went to atlanta Mm-hmm. And that is a good team, and we smashed them. And yes, yep. we won in the margins, but you know what? It's a game of margins. This whole game is won and lost in margins. This whole game is won and lost in transition. And today, we were the one who won the transitions. We were the one who won the margins. And when we got opportunities, they could not live with us. And I, if it's not clear, I'm buzzing. Let's go ahead. I'm going to take all my energy and I'm going to funnel it into my first crown. Oh, I have to choose a person. That's, that's ridiculous that I have to choose like a single person to focus on. This is why this is I mean, this is why we do this format is because it, it forces us to to not ramble too much. I, I think the man of the hour and a half, I think the man of the week, I think the man of potentially this last month. And I think the man of Charlotte right now is Kamal Yushriak. This guy is alive. All of of the stuff that we always kind of said we could see in there, and I'll be the first one to admit it, we've been very positive on Kamal in this show for a very long time, and some of those calls were risky, right? There was the potential that, that what we saw in Kamal just wouldn't translate to the field. That happens. There are brilliant players out there that go to teams and just don't have the right connection, don't have the right, you know, space in the club to perform. Kamil is alive. And if you are not looking at Charlotte FC and Kamil Yushriak and what he is doing out there on those wings and actively prepping for it, you are a fool. Because he has gone from, oh, he's got some technical skill and he's pretty pacey. And he's an interesting player, but I don't really see the threat to if you ignore him, he will kill you. And not (laughs) like he'll kill you, you know, uh, over time and drag you out. If you turn your back on him for a second, you are dead. And it is, it's terrifying. (laughs) Like, I would never want (laughs) to be facing him down the line. I think he's the scariest player on our team right now, from my Mm. perspective. Absolutely. to see it again in this, did he send the first cross in? Was he the first cross? On the first um, goal? I or down from remember. Jaylen? I, I I can't remember. I don't I think he just got one assist tonight though. I think he just got the third, but I'm not okay, positive. He, he gets one assist, but he would have had a goal had he not gotten pulled down in the box. Mm. Uh so uh, I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and assume that he would have absolutely scored that. I'm giving him yep. the benefit of the doubt. 
he is he is reaching the level of dangerous that not only can defenses not live with him, he's reaching the level of dangerous that defensive ha- defenses have to commit fouls and put themselves in dangerous positions to slow him down. Mm. And we saw what it did tonight. It took one of the strongest teams in the league and he got, they, they went blind to him for a second and then they had gave up a penalty and they were a man down huge, huge crown to Kamil. Josh, do you want to, do you want to rave about this guy? Yeah, I, I think, I think first and foremost, you see him playing with a ton of confidence right now and justifiably. So it, it was really good to see him come back from his short injury and it doesn't look like he lost anything right he's sort of stepped right back into where he was that pre-injury which is great to see um i'm not super worried about i know he came off quote-unquote injured i didn't really see it that way i think he was i think that was a little time wasting i think he was coming off anyways i think he's probably going to be fine i agree with you he he is i think undoubtedly our most dangerous player currently but what i really want to give props to him for tonight was the job he helped do against Almada. I know we gave our card to Almada, but you don't stop that guy unless you have a number of players who are up to it. And every time Almada went to get the ball, it felt like Kamel and uh, Ashley Westwood were right there. Um, And he's a winger and you don't always have wingers who have that defensive um, intensity about them. And at the end of the day, defensive intensity from a winger is down the list of things that you want them to do, but the best ones have that still. And so, you know, the assists, the goal numbers, all of those things are starting to come. And and I think I think at the end of the day, I'm just really happy for him because I don't think he ever really put his head down last year. I think he was a little unlucky, but it just goes to show that it's not always easy. You can't just always step into a league, a new country and just hit the ground running. And he is really, he's really paying off uh, Charlotte's patience with him. Yeah, it's an incredible. And, and something that you point out here is the job that was done by the midfield and by the winger to really shut down Almada. I like that he knew when he was over his head with Almada and he took him down. Mm. There's a little mm-hmm. bit of, there's a little bit of dark arts here. There's absolutely yes. some dark arts here. There's a little bit of cynicism here. But you know what? He was wise enough in that moment. And the dark arts are going to happen. So if they're going to happen anyway, I'm personally glad we're doing them intelligently. Mm-hmm. In the moments where Tiago uh, Almada got the best of him, suddenly he no longer had his feet underneath him. And they were never reckless challenges. They were never intending to hurt Almada. But in the moments where there was a real potential piece of danger, they just went, okay, I'm dragging you to the floor. Yep. And they effectively, I mean, we say they, I'm going to focus on specifically Kamil here. Kamil effectively turned him with help into a non-factor by being that pressure, being alive to it. And when he was outpaced, saying, that's fine, I'll get yep. a yellow card. <laughs> yep. uh, I actually don't know if it, did he get a yellow card? I don't think, I don't, I don't think, think he, he did. did. This ref. This ref, all things considered, I thought did a good job of like not let necessarily letting things go, but he just wasn't card happy, which I liked. Yeah, he let he let it play to a level that I'm comfortable with. Yeah. Um. Do you want to go ahead and give out your first crown? 
Yeah, so my first crown is going to be on the opposite wing. Um, I think anytime you have a brace, you got to get crowned. And Justin Maram, what a addition to this team he has been. I have, since this summer, I've been a proponent of getting more MLS veterans, good MLS veterans, who have a history of starting for teams onto Charlotte. And regardless of the other things that are going on with that acquisition, the fact is we got this guy. Yes, he's 34. Yes, this is his fourth or fifth team. But he, I really think, has changed this team. He brings a calming presence. He pops up in the right spaces. He has a killer pass. I know he had a couple loose ones uh, today, one in particular that really almost kind of bit us in the butt. And, and that shouldn't be ignored. But at the end of the day, Charlotte, for the past, its entire history, I should say, has not had a lot of wing production. And this guy has immediately given us production from the wing. I, I'm not sure if he can play 30, start 30 games for us this year, but that's a good problem to have. The other thing I will say is, you know, Nathan Byrne, I think, will justifiably get some criticism for his play tonight. But I think it's important to note that I thought Maram did a good job also of after the first maybe 20-ish minutes, something changed down that side. And I think Maram was helping out more. And again, that's a veteran who realizes, hey, my fullback cannot cope with this opposition player. I got to give him a little bit more help. He is just, I think he's lifted the entire play of this team. And he's one of those guys that... It might not have been the sexiest acquisition. It might not be an acquisition that is going to be around in three years. But for this team in this moment, I don't think it's a coincidence that his acquisition has coincided with an uptick in our form. Yeah, I mean, I think the obvious shout out here is obvious because it is so legitimate. Uh, you make a really good point that after 20 minutes, we saw him tracking back more and helping out that side again. Um, who was it that was on that side? Was it uh, uh, Arujo? Yes, Arujo. Um, Arujo. Arujo. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go. With it's Ar it's Arujo, I believe he's Brazilian, so you pronounce the J. Okay, Arujo. Um, it was just absolutely a wicked fast killer player who I think Atlanta made a good decision to to let him run at burn and he was getting mm. the better of that duel and he was getting the better of that duel essentially until justin Merrim stepped in and said all right you're probably faster than me buddy but i've done this once or twice mm -hmm. and just took the pressure off off burn and you could see the difference it made in burn right you could yeah. see that the truth is if you put the three of them on a line and let them run neither one of the charlotte guys are winning that race but it let the spacing exist in a way that was cleaner, that was easier for them both to, to take half the pressure. And they still got beat on occasion, sure. but it was significantly less stressful than we saw in that opening time frame where Atlantis, you know, tactics Ugh. really, it, it was an on-field adjustment to Atlantis tactics, and that's a veteran. That's a veteran yeah. performance, not just in his offensive side of the game, scoring a brace, uh, but but being there for his teammates. Mm -hmm. I will say he gives away two really easy yeah. passes <laughs> directly into the middle on good chances to move forward, and I'd love him to clean that up. But you know what? With a performance like that, I think I put in our chat, I, I was like, ooh, didn't like that from, 
from Merum, <laughs> and then he immediately scores, and I was like, well, that's a good way to win me back. Um, yeah, apparently he's in the chat. He knew. <laughs> he knew. He was like, yeah, I kind of botched that pass. Let me just go score, and everyone will forget about it. And you know what? I am rapidly forgetting about it. It's uh, <laughs> a great shout-out. Uh, I'm going to go with my second crown, and my second crown is going to be Christian Kalina again. Mm. Stole him from me. Yep, uh, that's because he's it's because he's a good footballer. This guy, uh, genuinely, we talk about it. We we've said some of the same things over and over again. If he had the distribution of an of a Premier League level keeper, he would be in the Premier League. He's so good. Uh, his ability to win one on ones that are not in the favor of the keeper is just it's almost fake. Like, I want to see his one-on-one stat percentages and find out whether or not he's got, like, plus 30 saves over what should have been scored on him. Because it's it's gen- it's now something that has happened enough that I keep going, the next person who gets in one-on-one is going to score, mm. right? The coin flip effect is is real in that every time you flip a coin, it doesn't matter how many times in a row it's landed on heads. Every time you flip that coin it's still a 50-50, right? But that yeah. doesn't stop us from feeling like sooner or later it has to revert to the mean. He has this, this way of almost like baiting a player to, to show them where to shoot. And then with like lightning reactions, he sticks his leg out. And he's done this a couple times now and just seems to have, he almost seems to be playing chess with the attacker and winning every single time. There's a there's a statement in football that you have to earn the right to go play. This was a good team we played today. They were going to get chances. They were going to beat us down the wings. They were going to probably go one-on-one with Christian Kalina at some point in time. But Christian Kalina earned the right for Charlotte to go play them bravely, boldly. And you know what? Christian Kalina is one of the 11 players on the field for Charlotte FC. He matters. He counts. He's not, he's not some other player who we had to rely on. In this game, he was going to be critical. And when it was time for him to be big, he was big. Huge shout out to him and absolutely a crown. Oh, have I done that justice? Uh, yeah, I just want to quickly highlight what I think is might might be the the moment of the match. I think it's like the third minute or so. It's whatever Atlanta's first attacking foray is. Um, and Kalina comes out, and it's a ball whipped across the face of the goal. And Kalina comes out incredibly bravely, gets a knee to the face uh, by Andrew Gutman, who later gets sent off. I am actually fine with no foul being called there. I kind of err on the side of both of those guys, I think, deserve to go for the ball type of thing. But Kalina gets a hand to that, and if he doesn't, I think it's falling to, I think it's probably Wiley at the back post for a tap-in. I don't know that every goalkeeper is brave enough to go in there, because if you go in there, you're going to get hit. And this game, I think, is a lot different if after three minutes away in Atlanta, in that stadium, we are down one nothing, And he comes up huge. There are other things I saw from him this game that I don't think we've seen a lot. I think it was partly tactics, but I thought he played his starting position was a lot higher. Atlanta mm-hmm. killed us with spaces in behind last game, and I think there was a lot of adjustment made. 
Um, and it wasn't just Kalina, but there were multiple times when a ball was played over the top and Kalina was there where I feel like I don't normally see him. Um, yeah. And it, it's one thing for a coach to be like, hey, we have to play this way. It's another thing for a player to actually go out and execute it well. And so, you know, he those first 20-ish minutes when Atlanta was really sort of on top, he kept us in the game. And again, I, I don't think it can be overstated that if we go behind for in either of those big chances that Atlanta have, I don't know that this plays out the same way. Um, and then he basically didn't have much to do from like the 20th minute until about the 80th minute when, when things got haywire. And, you know, the goal, there's nothing really that can be done about that. He has another couple big saves at the end. Um, I, I, I will be the first to admit I haven't always been the, the biggest Kalina proponent i thought he started out really well last year i thought he trailed off he started out really well again this year i'm just hoping that that level stays the throughout the entire year um because when he's at this level he he is one of the best keepers in this league is this is this like a nine like an 8.989 flat out of 10 performance from him for you like where would you rate this out of 10 uh i think i think nine out of 10 nine and a half out of 10 again it's there's a couple passes that in a perfect world I want I want my goalkeeper to hit that he over that he overcooks but we're nitpicking there I mean this is this is one of those things where like at the end of the day I I don't think again the goal is not on him I don't think you could have asked much more with the saves um this was a Uh, fantastic I want to do something really quick that's off script Mm -hmm. and basically what I want to say here is so many people deserve crowns for their efforts today yes um the ones we are giving crowns to, I, I want to express just how good they have been, uh, is for Kamu, who was my first go. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I think it's safe to say he's in that 9, 9.2 out of 10. Yeah. You think that's fair? Yeah. And for Justin, with the exception of two really bad passes, I think Merrim's in that like 9.0 range. <laughs> Yeah, for me, he's like he's like eight point five, nine point oh, and really, it's just those two pat. And honestly, it's the it's the first one that he gives away that was. I mean, both of them are bad, but the first one was incredibly poor. Um, Those really bring him down. But aside from that, yeah, that all all three of these guys were around that nine, if not higher. Yeah, what we have not really seen nine point oh performances at all this season. I mean, there may be a few far between. Uh, and if you look at sort of any any website that rates these players, very rarely do you see those high eights, nines. This, sure. These these were special. That's why they're getting crowns. And a lot of people who deserved it with eight to eight five performances might not be. Um, <laughs> okay, was that was my second one, right? Yep. And like I said, I'm, I'm a little <laughs> bit I'm a little bit woozy this time. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give us your second crown? Sure. So my second crown is going to go to a guy who, to be honest with you, I don't know that I would say he had a a nine performance. I'm not even sure I would say he had an eight performance, but it's for Jan Sobaczynski. Um, <laughs> I so thought, low. yeah, I thought until until he was basically pulled. Right. And I think I think his substitution was really good because I think one more foul and he might have been off. He was on a yellow. Um. But he's a guy who he is probably third, fourth choice center back. And I think he's come in and he's been really solid Um, on the on the play that ends up being the penalty. He's the guy who hits that long ball in behind the defense, a perfectly weighted ball to, um, well, 
a very good ball weighted to uh, Swiderski. Um, I, I still see some rashness in his game, and I think that shows in the yellow and, and shows in, in some of those late challenges. Um, but I'm giving him this crown because I think he has stepped up in a way that you need when you have a rash of injuries at a position. Um, and maybe you, you don't get those nine performances, but he also doesn't need. He's still also a young player. He needed to come in and give us a six and a half, seven type performance. And I think he's done that. And, and against a team like Atlanta, we keep coming back to it, but defensively Atlanta's poor offensively. They are one of the best in the league. And so to come in and have a just solid performance against that kind of attacking team, I think deserves a shout out. So I am going to, I'm not going to disagree with you. I do think that he had a pretty good game. I think I'd like to ask you a question on Jan. Sure. And that is, I don't necessarily see Jan as rash. (laughs) I think I see him as overconfident. Mm. And the way I mean that is sometimes it looks like he, in his mind, he's confident he's going to be able to do something. And then it doesn't quite Mm. come off and it ends up being a late tackle or it ends up being diving for the ball a little late or, or coming in a bit hot. I think there is a very minor element of his brain and his confidence in himself, his writing checks, his skills can't cash yet. Mm. And I am much less worried about that than I would be rashness. Um, In fact, if those mistakes are going to come, I would way rather that because I want a player who backs himself. Mm. And as long as he doesn't back himself into a corner, he's going to then develop those skills because he's going to keep doing them. He's going to try them until he figures out how to get them, how to do them successfully. How do you feel about that perspective? I, I think that's I think that's possibly a fair one, right? I, I think I would probably I think that's something I'm gonna keep in mind the more I see Jan. Um and I think it's also fair because when you look at it that way, again, we've been spoiled by Adilson Melanda, who is twenty one and doing things that a twenty one year old center back normally doesn't do. Jan yeah. Sobaczynski is still only twenty four, I believe, and so he hasn't played a ton of football. I think this idea that maybe he's trying things that he's just not able to pull off quite yet, or he's still learning his limitations, um, is probably a, a very fair thing. And really, that only comes with more playing time. Um, you only learn what you can and can't do when you can make that challenge or when you can't get to that ball by being in those game states over and over again. Um, so I think that's probably I think that's probably a good shout and a, and a fair one. So I think I'd like to, I have a good question. Do you have one more crown? Because I think there's one more that needs to be called out. And I if mean, I'm going to do three, we should both do three. Sure, I can, I can find another one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to lead off of your uh, Jan Sobaczynski crown, Sobaczynski crown. And I'm going to say that one of the things I liked is he was put in a position to succeed. And I really want to talk about Brant Bronico but I'm not going to talk about Brant Bronico. I think that there is, there's something I have long been saying, and that is, this is the MLS. These players are not perfect, complete players. If they were completely perfect in every way and had no weaknesses or flaws in their game, they'd be playing at Manchester City, getting paid 350,000 three, yeah, 350, pounds a week. Yeah. Like, that, that's just the truth. Even those guys have flaws. What I wanted was for these players to be set up in a way 
that allowed their strengths to show and they could succeed and grow, right? The long-term growth is what matters. Well, obviously I want to win too, but the long-term growth comes from being given the chance to go out there and not get your face beat in because you're trying to cover things you're not ready for. I think Latanzio sets the team up in a way today that drops Brant Bronico into the back line mm. and takes a lot of the responsibility off of Jan. I think that Brant came back and was the guy doing the marshalling, was the guy setting the line, was the guy checking his shoulders. So Jan could just defend. Jan could do what he's good at and didn't have to worry about some of the stuff that he's going to need to learn down the line yet. And I think that that's not the only place in the field we see really good setup and good tactics come in and make a difference. And we mm-hmm. have been harsh on Christian Latanzio before. So I would be remiss to, to see what Christian did here and not give Latanzio a crown for setting, for acknowledging that this was a team that was probably going to get chances on the wings. And instead of just being terrified of it, going out there and giving his team a chance to succeed going out there and giving his midfielders the the order that they were going to run their butts off and they were going to pressure that game until it was our game to win. I think Latanzio did a great job tonight. And I haven't seen that in every game. I saw it tonight. Very, very impressive for me. You think that's a that's a fair crown? It is. I, I think... I... I think people, and, and I want to know more about this situation, the, the Diop sub off. Uh, yes, the Diop. I, I think that that throws a cloud on it. I think that we need to just figure, find out, you know, hear from Latanzio why that happened, because there can be legitimate reasons for things like that to happen. I look at that and I say, you're up 3 nothing. It's late in the game. Who cares? But as we kind of saw, all of a sudden they get a goal back. They almost get another crazy things happen in sports. Right. And so I think you were the one who mentioned it where, you know, sometimes I think players are told when you're on, you cannot do this. And if there's a non-negotiable that he violated, so to speak, maybe it's justified. Again, there's it's such a weird situation that I think that's the only reason I'm hesitant up until that point. I am right there with you, though, because, again, I think we're. I think Latanzio had a very clear idea in mind this year of how he wanted to play, and it did not work. And I think he is adjusting. I don't know that it's been a perfect adjustment, but I think we're seeing that adjustment happen, and he has to get credit for that. Um, I just think that that's a little bit of a cloud over him. But aside from that, I do. I agree with you. I think the tactics were spot on. I think the in-game adjustment to Rujo on the on the um, on that side was probably player and coach. So I- I'm with you on that. Yeah, I-, I think you make a really good point on the Diop thing. It's pretty unusual that a player comes on at 75 minutes and is subbed off at 85. I don't mm. know if it's exactly 85 minutes he gets subbed off, but uh, that's, that, is a, that is a statement. And yeah. I think that, you know, there is probably the fact that we go out there today and for 70 minutes we we go out and just destroy Atlanta and we take our chances. The fact that we win this game 3-1, the fact that we were up 3-0 at the time it happened, probably protects both Hamidi Diop and Christian Latanzio. I think Mm. if this is a tie ball game or if this is a losing game, seeing something like that happen is going to just naturally end up a much bigger talking point. But, you know, 
in the same way, we probably can't wear blinders. I would like to hear what happened in that situation. Um, you want to move on to your, your second final crown? (laughs) Yeah. So with my, uh, with my bonus crown, um, I have to go with, uh, Carol Schroederski. Um, he is a, he's a player who position wise, we are now a year and a half into him and we don't know where he belongs. Um, I will say I am very happy with the connection I think him and Enzo are creating. But without Enzo today, he was forced back up top. And I don't know that aside from the the penalty... Well, I mean, he, he has the good run that leads to the penalty. But I think those moments were kind of few and far between. But I'm giving him this crown because the way we set up... He had to do the dirty work. That first half, I think we were somewhere in the 30s for possession-wise. He was isolated. He was on a on an island. But when they had the ball, he was spearheading our press against them. Um, he almost nicked the ball off of their goalkeeper at, at one point late in that first half. Um, he was making good runs. He was occupying defenders, whether he was getting the ball or not. He was doing a job that I don't think you notice, really. Um, unless you're you're looking for it. I'm happy for him that he got the goal because I think it caps off what was a good performance, even if the box score is a little lacking. I also thought that in the second half, granted, they were down to 10 men, but because of that, he was able to get on the ball a little bit more. I mean, he had a terrific ball into, into Cambridge who should have finished it off for our fourth. Um, I, I just... I'm really impressed with the way I think Carroll has taken his game to another level in the past month or so. I think part of that is being surrounded by better players, but I think part of that is also, again, learning this league a little bit more, maybe learning some of his limitations um, and playing a little bit more within himself, I think. But I, I was just really impressed that he was he was down to do the dirty work, even if it didn't give him any any good results obviously he ended up with a goal but i think he was doing that work even without that goal yeah i mean i think the the effort that carol swiderski puts in is regular and the fact that it never dips in effort is says a huge amount about that guy's character Mm. uh i think that he's starting to connect really well with the team in general i think that he's showing he is I think he's getting closer to players. I think today there was some of it being Bender. There was some of it being uh, Kamil out on the wings. And he he likes that being a little bit closer to players, not playing in such big space. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save all the real analysis for later on. I'm going to talk about his, his penalty. And I love what he's done. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that is not their starting keeper. Correct? No, that is <laughs> their backup because that's, Guzan is out that's their backup and Brad Guzan is a very good keeper yes if a bit and old <laughs> if, if a bit old and this guy is not super inspiring is the way I'm gonna I'm gonna say it um yeah I'm not I'm not here to rag on anybody except except Tiago Almada uh <laughs> this keeper is nervy this keeper is not their number one He's got a lot to prove. He's currently getting hammered. And there are a couple of sort of options that are prevalent in taking PKs, taking penalties. If you have a pen, most people choose to either have three or four places in the goal that they're really comfortable just leathering the ball 
and they pick one of them at random and they leather the ball to that spot, right? And then there's the mentality that we saw with players like Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who, as they run up, their eyes are are never on the ball. They're watching the keeper. They say, they, I know where the ball is. I don't need to look at the ball. I'm watching the keeper. And the moment the keeper shifts his weight, they go the other way. I think Carroll just absolutely checkmated this keeper. I think that he mm. knew he was nervy. I think that he knew he was not necessarily confident. I think he looked in that keeper's eyes and said, you're going to show before I kick. And sure enough, Carroll just waited him out, let him get hard on one foot and shift his weight and then calmly put it in the other side of the net. And there is an argument to be made that that's not the way you win all penalty kicks. I think that that's the way you win this one. I think (laughs) Carroll nailed that call. I think it was the call of a leader. I think it was the call of somebody who understood the game and the situation and so it's not just the good execution. It's the way that that he earned himself the right to make the good execution with good decision-making. Well done, Carol. I, I think that deserves to be called out. Yeah. Agreed. <sighs> well, um, people who did not get a crown in this one, who probably deserve one, include <laughs> the rest of the team, uh, the away fans who went oh my goodness. in mass. Nuts. And let's not... Uh, I mean, let's not discount the fans who were singing louder than all of Atlanta at points in time in this match. Like, to take over Atlanta Ben Stadium with Charlotte FC singing? Uh, what a freaking performance. Your final uh, final thoughts on this one? You have one sentence. Um, this was supposed to be a tough stretch for us, and so far we are passing it with flying colors. Yeah, my, excuse me, my thoughts to take us home are going to be, this is inspiring. And inspiring, inspiring play leads to inspiring things. This could be really special, and I'm hoping it's the start. We are going to go ahead and wrap it up there because my voice is going. Uh, Josh, I think yours is already <laughs> gone. And uh, we're just going to go celebrate like we hope you're doing, whether you are on the bus home from Atlanta, uh, partying and enjoying the show, whether you are listening to this three days later, whenever you're doing, whatever you're doing, if you decided to spend your time with us, thank you so much. We love you. And you can find us online on Instagram at the underscore crown underscore cast, on Twitter at the underscore crown cast, and you can find all of the amazing stuff that Josh and you and do on the blog at (sighs) crowncast.net. And we will break all this down sometime because we have a weird schedule this week. Goodbye. Queen City Podcast Network.com.